0: Classic renaissance man. He can do it all. Sing, dance, Mr. Steel your girlfriend. Throw downfield for
1: Carr. That's too easy for a touchdown.
2: Explosion, straight line speed, and route running. I'm going to say those three things. If I can get those much better, I'm going to be a, a very good NFL receiver.
3: Orson look at Carr's way. And there he is for the touchdown. This child wanted to do everything. And it was really hard to pull the reins back on him because he was so driven to do everything.
4: To be an NFL draft prospect is to embrace football as an identity. You train for dozens of hours a week and spend months being grilled by scouts, coaches, and team personnel about the finer points of your position, your work ethic, and your love for the game. It's a crash course in selling yourself not just as an individual, but as a missing piece to a greater whole. But when it comes to Northwestern receiver Austin Carr, that's a tough task. For the Big Ten's reigning receiver of the year, draft prep is only one part of the agenda this spring. In addition to training and talking with scouts, he's finishing a master's degree in management studies at Northwestern's prestigious Kellogg School of Management. And his free time, however little he may have, goes towards the arts, which have been his passion for years. Ask Carr his favorite thing to do in Chicago, and he won't mention a Bears game or a trip to Wrigley Field. His outing of choice? Shakespearean improv at a small comedy theater. Carr didn't get invited to the NFL Combine this February in Indianapolis, so his pre-draft process has been a balancing act. He needs every chance he can get to show teams they should take a chance on Austin Carr, the football player, but it's impossible for Austin Carr, the musician, philosopher, and actor, not to come out while that process is happening. I'm Eric Single, and on the first episode of Draft Season, we go inside Carr's head as he tries to prove to teams that their late round wish list should include an undersized receiver with an outsized personality. SI's Joe Neeson has the story.
2: Austin Durant Mose car. Durant is a name that my dad just happened to like after I was born. Mose is my mother's maiden name, and few people know this, but it is the former maiden name of a woman named Phoebe Mose. Phoebe Mose was a 19th century sharpshooter, better known as Annie Oakley. My like great, 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 great aunt is Phoebe Mosey. I think they spelled it M-O-S-E-Y. They spelled it kind of differently, but that's Annie Oakley. Yeah. And I will say, the first time I shot a shotgun, um, I went trap shooting a couple years ago for the football season and um, nailed it on my first shot.
0: Carr can't so much as introduce himself without telling you something you didn't know. Let's unpack that intro. Great name, awesome relative, and oh, just a casual mention that he was really, really good at something he'd just picked up. That's Austin Carr in a nutshell. He speaks with the easy confidence of a California kid, albeit one whose life has been frenetically overscheduled for years. Even now, he's double-booked, talking to me on a half-hour car ride from Evanston to Chicago, where he has a meeting for a group project at Kellogg's downtown campus. He'll be late because of training and a doctor's appointment, later still because of this interview, but his partners understand. They always have. Now he's balancing coursework at a top five business school with a football career, which really isn't all that different from high school, when he ran from sports practices to musical theater rehearsals. Carr is a man of many passions, and though football might be his first, music is in his blood.
2: My mom was a concert pianist in high school and then for a little bit in college. My dad, he was a part of a band in LA back in the 90s. It was like a all black, you know, all black members, metal band, and uh, that, fizzled out I think in 1994-95. They were called Bozak. They, they toured a little bit. They opened for iced tea once. My dad was raised playing drums in his church and then he joined this band. And he had some really cool gigs in LA back in the late 80s and 90s. And he ran into my mom in Santa Barbara at a, I think it was like a club, but there was like live music there. And um, saw her from across the room and the rest is history. Middle school. I start to learn on my own some piano, watching YouTube videos, singing, playing Justin Timberlake and Michael Buble and so on. I had been playing football and basketball and soccer and baseball from seven, eight years old. Organized sports. Those did kind of go together. High school was when music really took off. Did the spring musical every year in high school. Uh, Took drama classes and the rest kind
0: of snowballed from there. Here's his mother, Janine Mosay
3: took a piano on his own and taught himself how to play, even though I play piano. He taught himself for the most part, and he doesn't read music, so I mean, I'm classically trained, so that's like a bad thing, but it's how he plays. I'm glad that, because it makes him more well-rounded, and then exposes him to a lot more types of people. I mean, he is exposed to a lot through sports, and then also because his dad's black and I'm white, you know, he was exposed to... Lots of racial and cultural things growing up and going to a African-American church. So I think he's had a lot a lot of white experiences like that.
1: It was very uh, a very different type of uh, kid he was.
0: <laughs> That's Austin's father, Evan Carr. He
1: gravitated towards uh, theater and he started to pick up that. It, it was such a, a different uh, jettison to, to be over and, you know, dabbling in theater. I, I remember how... I just thought, what, you want to act? You want to be in a play? I said, okay, well, shoot your shot. And he <laughs> and he did. He actually liked the, the difference of being on a football field, and now you're in acting. You're in the acting world, and the audience is sitting there watching you deliver timing, rhythm. Again, things tied into music to him.
2: I was roaming around, I was looking down at all I see, painted faces, fill the places I can't reach, you know that I could use somebody.
0: That's Carr playing the keyboard and singing Kings of Leon's Use Somebody at Northwestern's 2013 student-athlete talent show, which he won. His take is more soulful than the original, which is hardly surprising.
2: If I could sing and songwrite like anybody, it would be John Legend. His new album that just came out, amazing! I've listened to it a couple times. Um, maybe that's an understatement, but I really <laughs> like it. Here's one that you probably haven't heard. Of. Jimmy Needham. Jimmy Needham, one of my favorites. He's very soulful soulful singer what you'll find is like a lot of the musicians that I like are singer/ songwriters that's what I am I see myself as almost a little bit more of a songwriter than a singer I want to develop both of those skills in my life but um, my the artist I gravitate to fit that mold this time will take it slow take it slow slow
0: This time we'll take it Slow In high school, Carr broadened his love of music to include theater, trading soul for show tunes. While football took up most of his time in the fall, he dove into the school's spring musicals, including Into the Woods, Beauty and the Beast, and The Music Man. But it took some juggling.
2: If you asked a lot of my high school classmates and teammates, I was a little bit of a bother because it was like, Austin can't beat a basketball practice on time. Why not? Well, because he's at the spring musical rehearsal, and, oh, Austin's gonna miss a big time spring musical, maybe the shotgun run through, because, oh, he's got a basketball game. Oh, gosh, you know, it's like, he's got his eggs in too many baskets, but some way or another, I was able to maintain a a level of quality that kept me around.
0: His high school drama teacher, Christine Manny, eventually learned being flexible with Austin's schedule was worth the hassle.
1: The funny thing is with Beauty and the Beast, Austin actually ended up playing opposite another Austin who was also a football player who played Gaston. Um, but he was out on injuries from football. So, um, so it was kind of interesting that, that that year we actually had two Austins. It was especially fun when it was um, the fight between Gaston and the Beast. And uh, Austin Carr had to pick up Austin Scott, who was the other Austin, had to pick up Gaston and and slam him down onto a table. So I'm like, wow, I mean, we couldn't have have cast that better for that.
0: In high school, Carr's two vastly different social circles made for a unique dynamic on campus. He was everyone's friend, but no one understood both of his worlds. In some ways, that was difficult. Carr says he never had a true best friend. But in others, it was a blessing he still feels to this day.
2: I was also a part of the improv team, and, you know, improvisational comedy is very spontaneous, it's very eccentric, it's very energetic. And being on that kind of improv and the musical theater, that kind of side, the energetic and outgoing side of me was given this place to really be free and to really breathe. On the football field, you like it's not time to be you. You'll, you'll, you know, you'll work against the team's ultimate goal. It's not self-expression; it's results. And those two kind of sides of me—the self-expressive one—but then also like the gritty, aggressive, athletic one—flourished in their particular places. Did they ever cross over? Yeah, I think, like, socially, if you ask some of my friends, like, the football players, like, oh, yeah, he's just this crazy guy who's energetic and maybe even kind of weird. And then my musical theater friends would be like, oh, yeah, he's just this athletic guy who's able to sing. It's really cool, you know, he's, you know, he's got it all going for him. But meanwhile, I'm, like, struggling to keep my room clean and turn in my papers on time.
3: of personality and charisma that um, is magnetic. Neither his dad nor I are like that. I mean, I think we're both charming in our own ways, although we're divorced. Um, (laughs) But uh, he's always had this very... Warm and gregarious personality, and I think he probably was the only kid on the football team in high school that had anything to do with the drama department.
0: When it came time for Carr to apply to college, he knew he wasn't ready to give up football, and that he'd be happy to put his dramatic and musical aspirations second for a few years. After finishing with 1,841 rushing yards, 844 receiving yards, and 30 touchdowns as a high school senior, the undersized receiver was still without an FBS scholarship offer. His father's theory, then, was that his son should cast as wide a net as possible with his applications and let the football options follow. When Carr got into Northwestern, he'd already received an offer to walk on at TCU, which had finished 11-2 the previous season and was on the move to the Big 12. But Carr's mother favored the Wildcats, and when conversations with coach Pat Fitzgerald went well, Austin was sold. Still, it would take him two full years to see the field.
2: True freshman year, unimpressive. Sophomore year, developing. True junior year, promising. True senior year, trustworthy. Did some cool stuff, you know? And then senior year, finally like, at least in Northwestern, arrived. Finally proven.
4: Here comes pressure up the middle. Man wide open, catch made inside the tent, still on his feet,
0: Northwestern touchdown, Austin Carr. As a senior in 2016, Carr finished with 90 receptions for 1,247 yards and 12 touchdowns. He led the Big Ten in each category, and his yardage set a Northwestern single-season record. Touchdown, Northwestern, Austin Carr! Against Northwestern's toughest opponent, Ohio State, Carr had 158 receiving yards, a career high. And on the season, he accounted for nearly a quarter of the team's yards from scrimmage.
1: Looking to go deep down the middle, making the leaping grab in the end zone. A touchdown for Northwestern is Austin Carr. When we jumped, I said, I've been waiting for this. It's been hard for me to watch you go from high school, dominating in high school, to not even being on the field in some cases for Mm -hmm. so long. It was like a release because I always knew he was capable. But we had to, I had to coach him up on the politics and the in the locker room stuff about, you kind of have to wait your turn, even though it's a very fine, subtle balance. It's, it's a way you can get attention the right way, and then there's a way you could do it the wrong way. And he's just been a kid that's always understood the sensitivities of human beings around him.
0: At Northwestern, Carr was involved in talent shows and served in student government. He got a research grant to study the role of religion in higher education, and he became a philosophy major after a moral philosophy class hooked him. Here's teammate Afadi Odenebo, who's training with Carr for the draft. He's a philosophy major. Mm-hmm. So, like, before you know, like, he'll have a conversation and um, he'll start talking about, dude, what is life? What, what is life to you, man? What does God want you to be? What is your purpose on in the world?
2: I'm not someone who just talks philosophies to talk it for the most part. Sometimes I do just want to have a talk about some some kind of brain teaser or something. but many times with a Fadi it would just get spiritual, you know We just start talking about God talking about faith talking about direction in life.
0: Before last season, Carr's shot at the NFL was a slim one. He'd caught just 23 passes and toyed with the idea of careers in corporate sales and finance. He even thought about attending seminary last season put those aspirations on hold. And by the middle of the fall, Carr knew the league was an option.
2: One thing that I told myself, especially during the year, was like, don't don't think too far ahead. String together week by week, month by month, solid performances on the field. At the same time, it was like, man, I mean, injury ruins a lot of people's hopes and takes away promising careers. For me, I'd see it as kind of a sign from God that Plan was elsewhere if I got a major injury uh, my senior year and that's not a I don't think that reflects like oh like do I really love the game or not no it was just kind of a decision that I felt he wanted me to have and you know what he kept me safe
3: I've worked with so many children and students over the course of my career in education and so many little boys want to become the next michael jordan and so many you know little girls want to become beyonce you kind of look at it and say okay let's be realistic you know yeah pursue your dreams and don't beat yourself up too hard if you don't achieve what you want immediately so you know i'm really happy for him and i was you know encouraging and if it's what you want to do go for it but keep everything in perspective know that you are not just football you are
2: Many more things, and life is much more than just one one game. I've said this before. When NFL scouts interview me, Austin, you're so interested in so many things. What makes what makes you think that we're gonna trust that you'll have complete devotion to football? Football has is the only lifelong dream that I've ever had. They, getting to the NFL, loving this game. I mean, it's the only thing that's lasted from as long as I can remember. So. Um, Going to college, it was like, I would love to be a part of an acapella group. I'd love to continue to refine and improve on a lot of my musical skills. But gosh, football is just so fun.
0: This spring hasn't been without its disappointments, though. Carr was one of the most notable combine snubs. So while teammates Odenebo and Anthony Walker traveled to Indianapolis, he worked out at TC Boost, his training facility in Chicago, slogging away at speed work and refining his route running. He instituted a system by which his roommate finds him if he doesn't get more than eight hours of sleep. And in mid-March, he'd been docked exactly one $20 penalty. The rest paid off. At his pro day on March 14th, Carr ran a perfectly acceptable 4.61 second 40-yard dash in front of scouts from all 32 teams and now the waiting game begins. Will teams fly him out for physicals and interviews? He can only hope.
2: It's been, there's no glory, no cameras, no, nobody's cheering you on. It's like you're with your brothers, um, getting as good as you can get, possibly. Um, My body's in some of the best shape it's been in my entire life. (laughs) So I I mean, I'm very eager. I just want to see the results now.
0: Carr spoke with a dozen scouts at the East-West Shrine game, and he's been filling out questionnaires from teams all spring. The toughest question he was asked? What's the worst thing you've done in your life and gotten away with? His response? Probably a traffic violation. Other than that, there's been talk about his speed, which scouts seem most concerned with for a player who will likely play in the slot at the next level, and about his coursework. Not every team is impressed.
2: Half of them are like, why is he taking classes? The other half are like, he's a smart kid. Like, he'll be able to add value on the field in that way, so. When you're talking about millions of dollars in investment for speed and catching the ball, uh, a finance class doesn't seem to really make sense with that. And I understand that, I get it.
0: Carr is ever the analyst. He doesn't take it personally, and maybe the team that frowns upon his coursework isn't the place for a person with his sensibilities. Wherever he ends up, be it as a late-round pick or as an undrafted free agent. He says he'll be invested in the city's art scene. He'll have a piano or a keyboard. He'll join a church and its choir. Performing off the field is how he unwinds from performing on it. But this spring, and for as long as the NFL will have him, that's all secondary. He'll be late for group projects. His car will be a little dirty. He'll struggle to make bedtime, struggle even more to put down his phone when the lights go out. That's a fine, too. He scheduled his wedding for early July to fit it in before training camp, wherever training camp might be. And really, for all his quirks and curiosity, Carr isn't all that different from any other little boy who grew up loving football and dreaming that it might be his future. Tom
2: Brady's from the Bay Area. There is a connection I can draw to Tom Brady. I mean, he's from the Bay Area. He is one of four siblings, just like me. He won the same Scholar-Athlete Award in high school his senior year that I did. He went and played in the Big Ten, just like I did. He got drafted late in the sixth round, like, okay, who knows, am I gonna, you know, I don't know, but I'm just saying, there's a connection that he and I have that shouldn't be ignored. I am a conversationalist, if you can't tell, so I can blabber on as long as possible. So I'm gonna stop right now, and I'm sorry if I talk too much.
4: This episode of Draft Season was reported by Joan Neeson and produced by Harry Swartout. Alex Abnos created our theme song, and Harry Swartout created the artwork for the podcast. Special thanks to Ben Eagle and the rest of SI's college football and NFL editing teams. I'm Eric Single. This is Draft Season.